Performance poetry, cycling, Lana Del Rey. Today's writer's blockcast has it all. Ellie Melbourne is a writer who isn't afraid of stepping in front of the mic, even when she's just finished a poem a few minutes beforehand. She shared with us some of the many different places she goes to write. My name is Ellie Malbon and I'm from Canberra. I write both performance poetry and uh, what they call page poetry, which is mostly just things that I haven't found a place to read out yet. The spaces that I write in, um, I feel are very varied. Um, I started um, by taking notes on the back of um, receipts that, would, that I would print when I was working um, in a shop. And so I would fold those and tuck them underneath my uh, my little swipey card um, until it would bulge out, and and I would read those later and sort of distill them, these little notes into something. You know, they might spark something, or they might just be thrown or lost. The things that I would write down would be phrases that I found really interesting next to each other. Um, so I can't remember what I was writing back then when I worked at the museum shop, but a phrase that really stuck with me um, recently from the folk festival um, was the phrase acrylic bitches. We thought that was really good and, mm. and I jotted that down. So I have many, many drafts in my phone, um, which are just little notes, uh, little phrases next to each other. That, so I will take those little notes, which, yeah, could be on my phone scraps of paper or in a notebook um, and I'll sit down and I'll flick through and I'll say okay yeah I, I do really like that idea that thought or those phrases together and I'll I'll work with it from there I'll sort of say how do I write a poem around this or how do I write a poem which better expresses what I'm trying to get at here which I haven't done very well yet My room is sort of tacked, is it tacked on the edge of sort of a two-story house and it has a window that overlooks Mount Ainsley and the other window overlooks Black Mountain Tower. So uh, there's always um, you know, the sun coming up or the, the sun setting, um, that you can always see the sun. Um, so sitting on my bed, looking out one of the windows could be a place where I'd put something together. Mm. Uh, and then, frankly, um, I would really pull something together on the way to a poetry performance and I'm going, oh my gosh, I need to finish this because I need to perform it. Um, I will be writing words on the printed page, you know, up to the point at which I'm getting up to perform. Um, and even when I go to perform, I will not quite know what I'm going to say before I say it. It's disorganised and I don't recommend it. <laughs> I would love to be able to be more organised with it, but the university institution has taught me to just work to deadlines and quickly, I was definitely one of those people that would stamp on that quickly, get it out, finish it. Mm. Um, and so maybe the university has taught me some bad habits. Um, how does it feel on the stage? It feels very fun. Scary, but I have learnt to trust in my ability to just say and say confidently and move along. <laughs> I think I improvise on stage out of necessity because I haven't managed to get it done. I haven't managed to make the final decisions about what the words should be. I 
probably became more comfortable with that over time, but also as I just became more relaxed about um, what poetry, what performance poetry was doing and how many people are actually listening or remembering. I suppose I, when I was young, I would often think, oh yes, I'll be a writer. And then I hit a time in my late teens, early 20s, where I realised, oh, I'm going to have to start now uh, to get any way decent. <laughs> Let's start and get through the the years where you're learning and just throwing things together and experimenting. And that's, that's, and that's what keeps me there. I mean, that's what got me started was the idea that if I want to be any good, I better start. Um, and what keeps me there is that, is the joy of the experimentation. I did a mashup uh, between my honours thesis, which was on um, sustainability education and pedagogy with uh, Lana Del Rey's album Born to Die. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, that was mostly to represent um, where my head had been for the past, like the previous few months, which had been completing that thesis and listening to that album. Mm. It actually brings us to, some, to something quite interesting because if we if we think about writing spaces, um, something that really gets me going, get, gets me moving along with my writing mm. is listening to um, music and mm. lyrics. So in particular, I'll sit down and I'll... I actually oh, can I say this on record? <laughs> um, yeah, I think Lana, I think the lyrics on that Born to Die album are like, fascinating to listen to. I mean, I'm I'm aware that it's a group of people who've written those, and um, I'm aware that you know she takes a very she she generally takes a very passive feminine role, um, mm. which is problematic, um, and I quite enjoy taking some of those phrases and images that she will evoke um, and and using them in different places. I have a, a line in one of my poems um, which is dream-stained mattress and that was pretty much from listening to Lana Del Rey and hearing her, she used the word mattress and I thought, oh mattress, that's actually really evocative of like raw sex, mm. there's like mattress on the ground. I said, I'm going to use mattress in the same way that she does. and um, But that poem, in other ways, is very unlike Lana Del Rey's music. Um, <laughs> it, but um, listening to certain so sorts of music will help me to evoke an image. Ellie's no stranger to writing in different workspaces. She's travelled across the world on a push bike and says thinking over poems while bike riding can be a meditative process. We were push bike riding, so mm -hmm. during the course of the day I might um, have a few lines and I'd turn around in my head and then we'd get to lunch and I'd write them down. Um, and then I would find a nice little place, a little cafe um, somewhere and bring them together, work with them. Often while listening to music, I was listening to a lot of Beck in India. Then 
Yeah, Kate Quan's that way. We talk about loops with writing. Everything's spinning because your wheels are spinning, your legs are spinning, and your mind starts just turning over the same thing. Um, so if that's good, that can be really great. But sometimes your mind just turns over like empty crap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and actually I might find something like a bus ride more stimulating because I can sit and I can look out the window at different, different things going past, different stimulations. My partner Nick and I are going over to Finland and riding, yeah, Helsinki, Stockholm, Copenhagen, Berlin, which will be very lovely. I hope to do a, a quite a bit of writing while I'm writing. Um, and Nick's really supportive of that and great. And I will probably also pop over to England to do a writing course um, around the Dark Mountain Project, which is something I'm really excited about. And that is in preparation for a poetry play by that will be also by myself and Aaron Kirby in showing at Tina called Yuka Apocalypse Now. You gotta stop this heartbreak deep inside. You gotta help me. You've been listening to a writer's broadcast. Head to our blog on thewritersblock.net. You can also find all of our blogcast episodes there and subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.